0: in the light is the way and the truth and in him is the light if we obey his word then we walk in
1: Morning, friends. How is everybody doing uh, this morning? Hopefully, you're doing well. You know, as the uh, uh, as the daylight changes, uh, as the uh, time changes, as it gets lighter out earlier, I'm um, having to realize I need to play with my lighting in my uh, in my office. I call it here in my home, my little home studio that I have. Uh, yesterday, I looked kind of like a weird makeup or something, I think, largely because uh, I just have needed to adjust the light. So I've done that and maybe don't look quite so. Um. Well, I I don't want to say anything rude, but I was thinking just not, didn't look good. I'll put it that way. So anyway, hey, uh, it, it, we've had Missy with us the last a uh, few mornings, maybe she's been with us other mornings, but I've noticed, uh, I've noticed uh, her saying hello and some greetings being given there. And it's great having you along with us uh, here on this journey that we're on. We're in Acts ten for the third morning here. Um, I, I've looked at um, at the passage uh again and thought we got to go back here make one more pass at some of this uh, there is so much here uh i mean from peter being told to go do something that was against all of his religious practices and um things that he would say well, i i would never do that but um, the holy spirit told him to the Holy Spirit said, "Go against those." Now, again, there there are there are moral laws that God gave. There were uh, ceremonial laws uh, that that uh, applied specifically to the Jewish people. There were civil laws, uh, and Jesus kind of turns some of that on on its head when he says, "I'm the fulfillment of the law." We are still called to live under the moral laws, uh, but some of the uh, ceremonial laws, for instance, and I'll I'll. I won't say too much about it because I'm thinking I'm going to talk about it and, and actually illustrate it in church this Sunday uh, at the worship service. Um, but we we uh, um, we we put we, we lump it all together in, in just one wall. It says in the Old Testament we should do it. There's a lot of things that we don't do in the Old Testament, friends. A lot of things. And we become kind of picky and choosy and—, and And we're inconsistent about it because really much of it, except for the moral code, and to certain measure, the civil code, uh, Jesus has has done away with. I mean, there's no longer the need of the ceremonials, many of the ceremonial practices, because Jesus is the fulfillment of those things. Like the food, some of the food regulations, uh, the washing of hands. I'm going to illustrate that uh, in church on Sunday. Um, some of those things are not um, are, are are not as necessary, uh, and we don't have to follow all those ceremonial ceremonial laws, civil laws, uh, the ways that we get along with people. Now, some of uh, civil code, relational code that, that we live by today is still you can trace it back and say it had its roots uh, in. Uh, In those laws of God, those 613 laws of God. Uh, Now, there were uh, the written traditions, those things written, the Ten Commandments, which I wonder if any one of us could actually state all 10 of them without looking them up. Uh, I mean, we can't even remember the Ten Commandments, let alone all the other little things, and yet some people would get all hung up on those, uh, on some of those fine details of things even given in the scriptures. But then on top of that, some of the religious leaders uh, uh, piled on top of that the oral traditions and made more of the oral traditions than they did even the Ten Commandments. Friends, we can't even get the Ten Commandments right, and hence our need of a Savior. Uh, And you say, well, what do you mean we don't get them right? Uh, Sabbath? How about that? That's one that we don't even think about, especially in American culture, where we're so consumed with, uh, with needing to press ahead and get things done and fill up the calendar and we can't waste time and blah, 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 blah. And business is sometimes that way, working people seven days a week, uh, you know, 12 hours a day, so on and so forth. Um, so we have so much of that that uh, as, that's just one example that we don't get right. Covetousness. You know what does it mean to covet? Well, you know, d- does does uh, infomercials and commercials and all of that play into the fact that maybe we're more covetous than we think about? So just those two, we need a savior. That's the bottom line um, because we can't even get those ten right, let alone the six hundred and thirteen that were part of the law given in the Torah, and um, which is the first five books of of the Bible let alone all the oral traditions that were passed down from the various rabbis. Uh, we need a Savior. We, however, are still obligated to the moral code. We are still obligated to the the, the moral laws. There are simply things that we are not to violate, uh, and th- that still has application to us. Yet there are many of these ceremonial things that, that Jesus turned on its head, and, and I— I'm getting ahead of myself. Some of this I'm going to talk about on Sunday. But what happened here in Acts chapter 10 is an example of that because uh, the sheet that was let down and the various, and I'm going to put this in quotes, unclean animals that were in it that that the Lord said, kill and eat. Just eat them. And Peter says, I can't eat that. My lips have never touched something like that because it's just unclean. And and it was against the moral code, not not the moral code, but it's against the law, well, which part of the law, the ceremonial law and and so the Lord says, "Look, we're in a new day now. We're in a new covenant. Uh, and there are some things that you can do differently now now again, th- there are people who who want us to say, we have to follow all these things, but they don't follow all these things. We have to be careful. we don't get uh, we don't get Judaized. I I like to practice many of the uh, uh, messianic or, or Jewish festivals, or be aware of them, or highlight them in, in the calendar. Talk about them in that they point to Jesus. Not that we have to be bound to do them. In other words, you know, if we really wanted to follow the the, the, the festival of booths of tents, uh, we should all get little port- portable tents and go to Jerusalem and. Uh, Set them up during that festival. We don't do that. Um, now there are things I think Shabbat, being aware of Shabbat, if we're able to be aware of Shabbat Friday night through Saturday night, and have an awareness of that, that that's that's when uh, you know perhaps Jesus would have practiced Shabbat. And and what does it mean to us? And to if we're able on a Saturday to slow our lives down a little bit and and to worship a little bit differently, to contemplate the Lord, to um, uh, be with others and, and to make it a, a holy day for ourselves, I think that that's a good thing. Now, then there is um, uh, the Lord's Day, which which we recognize is Sunday. In principle, the Lord gave us Shabbat. He gave us Sabbath uh, for rest so that we would rest. Now, I'm a little bit off from what my title suggests, and I'm going to get there here in just a moment. All this is because Peter saw the sheet that was let down, because God was wanting Peter to take the gospel to people. that, that And God gave evidence of the fact that this, in fact, was his plan. And that's what we're going to look at this morning, because God gave the evidence to, to Peter and to others who were there um, that in fact the gospel is intended also, uh, also for uh, for the Jewish people. Uh, I mean, for the for the Gentile people, uh, and, and God gives the evidence of this. Now, let me take us into Acts chapter ten. Uh, and Peter has preached a message. He's been called to Cornelius' house. He's gone to Cornelius' house. Cornelius again has assembled friends and people and and I will uh maybe again harp on this maybe harp isn't the right word suggest this that, that's that's the word that I should use that, that you know would God use you uh to to gather people to learn things uh about Christ <coughs> excuse me <coughs> maybe that you would invite people to your home and say, look, we're going to have some food and whatnot, and we're going to, I've invited someone to come speak to us, and you can ask questions to this person, or and to open your home to the gospel, exactly like Cornelius did. I'm not going to answer the question. I will throw it out there and see if you can put it in the comments. What are we talking about when this whole concept of the house gathering for the uh proclamation of the gospel or the house church do you remember the word <coughs> excuse me i swallowed wrong just a moment ago and haven't quite got beyond it yet um what is the word it begins with an o and i will stop there and let you see if you can come up with that meantime let me take us into the text uh here down at verse forty-four it says, while Peter was sp- still speaking these words, while-, while Peter was still giving the gospel, it says the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. They they were apparently believing the message, and it says Peter was still speaking these words. The Holy Spirit came on those who heard the message. The circumcised believers who would come with Peter. Now, circumcised believers that that is a way of saying that the Jewish believers. Uh, or the 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 Messianic believers or the um, uh, that, that's another way of the Messianic believers. Uh, those who have subscribed to Judaism and now were Messianic followers of Jesus. the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. Now now here's what's going on with this. This is the verification. God is sending in public display the verification of the fact that the Holy Spirit was—not the Holy Spirit—that the gospel was meant for the Gentiles. And the evidence of this is the fact that they as well received in very evident fashion the Holy Spirit. It was God confirming, God verifying the fact that, yes, this is supposed to happen, this is my plan— I'm pouring out my spirit so you all messianic believers can see I'm pouring out my spirit upon these Gentile believers so that you will know that the gospel is intended for them and that they get the same thing, Uh, all the benefits, all the amazing, wonderful benefits of being a, a, a follower of Christ that the rest of you as messianic believers have gotten. That is why God pours out his spirit on uh I believe anyway, that's why he pours out his the, the spirit on these believers in such uh such a clear fashion, so so much evidence being provided here for the fact that uh, um, the gospel is also for the Gentiles. Now it continues on in the text it says they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God that that is the outward evidence. Now, I, I want to talk about the fact that there should be evidence for all of us as well. Uh for for someone who's given their life to Christ, there there's gonna be some modicum of evidence of the fact that they truly are saved. Now, I am gonna press in a little bit on this notion of of uh the evidence. Um and the, the notion of salvation, we have created in the 20th century, and it might be before that, but definitely in the 20th century, and, it's, and it carries over into the 21st century. Into the 21st century, we're getting to kind of press back on this, this idea of get people to pray prayers and, and believe, you know, give their heart to Jesus, and uh, I mean, there there are many people who say that's nowhere to be found in the Gospels. And you know what? That's true. Uh, we don't we don't see them saying uh, pray to receive Jesus. There they say repent, believe, be baptized. Those three things that we, we that we read about uh, in the Gospels, here in the Book of Acts as well. Um, believe, believe, repent, be baptized. And the question is, what comes first? Believing and repenting and repenting and believing. Well, I think actually probably the believing comes first that we'll believe in Jesus. And uh because we're believing in Jesus, now we're we're repenting, turning from from sin, turning from self, turning to Christ. Uh and, and then you should be baptized. And, uh, and this baptism is baptism in water. It has given evidence. I will follow Jesus, and I think we've got a light on that. Actually, in uh, in the 20th century, now I know we're in the 21st century, but 20th century, uh, and it was hey, let's get people to pray prayers. We have to stop that. I, I, I'm going to personally uh, move away from that. I'm, I'm not going to ask people to pray prayers and receive Jesus. I'm going to ask them. You're going to follow Jesus. Uh, you know, are you willing to turn away from 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 yourself? Uh, are Are you willing to acknowledge that you're a sinner? You, you You're willing to acknowledge that you need a savior. You're willing to follow after Jesus. That's what he's looking for. Jesus all along is asking people to follow him. He's not saying, "Hey, pray a prayer and everything will be good, and you go to heaven someday." In fact, we you really don't read that language much at all in the Gospels. It is all about following Christ. It's all about the bridegroom. It's all about walking with Christ. And and I personally believe that if we will follow Christ, and when someone is following Christ, there is going to be evidence. I am sitting here as I am waxing eloquent this morning, and I am thinking about somebody that uh, in our church. I am beginning to say, you know, I, I wonder if this person really is 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 truly born again, truly regenerate. You know, we'll say, well, are you going to heaven someday? Well. We should be asking, do you know that you're regenerate? How do you know? Well, I prayed a prayer one day. That's not good enough, folks. I, I really think that's not good enough. Do you have a heart for Christ? Do you want to follow after the things of Christ, as imperfectly as all of us do? Well, I, I prayed a prayer one day, and I know I'm going to heaven someday. Do you have any interest in Christ now? No, not really. I go to church, but you're not wanting to follow Jesus? So are, are you... Or are you absolutely convinced that you're regenerate, that you're converted, that you are, that, that you have the spirit of God? Now, I know this is kind of strong and kind of forceful, but friends, I think we need to be in that day pressing on people and not allowing people to, you know, just, well, I, I prayed a prayer. Okay, good. Let's talk about uh, what, you, what you're what you having for lunch later on in the day. Oh, let, let's talk about the, the the Ford commercial that I just saw that I'll probably never buy another Ford again. Um Anyway, I don't want to get on that road necessarily, but uh, a very, very pretty Ford truck that they had coming out of the mud, uh, saying, "Hey, we we we're standing with uh, with the alphabet people," and uh, just kind of like Bud Light had done. And I'm not trying to be political. Uh, I'm not. I'm, I'm trying to be moral, and uh, that that is moral code given in the law and uh, civil code, moral law, things that we cannot st- sidestep and um. Anyway, that's a rabbit trail. Let me bring it back to where we need to be. Truly, legitimately born again. Truly, legitimately. I mean, and so some of the evidence I think that's going to be in, in the life of a believer is the evidence of the spirit, and we've talked about this before, and some of you would would know these things. Uh, we've talked about the the uh, the fruit of the spirit. There should be an evidence in our lives that we have the Holy Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, Paul outlines the difference between the flesh and the Spirit. You go into Galatians chapter 5, and he says these words, He says, so I say, live by the spirit. You'll not gratify the desires of sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what's contrary to the spirit. The spirit was contrary to the sinful nature. Friends, we are in this spiritual tug of war within our own lives. Sinful nature desires what's contrary to the spirit. The spirit was contrary to the sinful nature. That's verse 17. They are in conflict. So the fact that we sometimes have this sense of conflict within us uh, should not surprise us. We will have this conflict, but then he says this: He says, "If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law." Interesting statement that he makes here. <clears throat> All those ceremonial laws—you're not under those things. And he outlines the acts of the sinful nature. And it comes and there's some things in this list that, <clears throat> like uh, idolatry, what do we idolize, or witchcraft, uh, tarot, tarot card readings, and and uh, Seances and th- those things would all fall in this category, uh, and they're they're not part of the ways of God. Drunkenness, uh, orgies, like I warned you as did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But he gets into verse twenty-two and he gives this description. This is what the fruit of the Spirit is. This is the evidence of people having the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Gentleness and self control against such things, there is no law. Now, just what does he mean? There is no law. What he means is that, that living in the spirit elevates us uh, beyond the law. These are the ways that we are to live first, beyond living. You know, we, we can live the law and not love people. Uh, we can live the law and not have joy. We can love the law and uh, live the law and not have peace. Um, We can live the law and be impatient with people because they're not living the law the way that we think they should be living it. And that was the Pharisees, Sadducees, uh, uh, Sanhedrin, the religious leaders of the day in Jesus' day. We can be unkind. And I've I've watched people who are moralistic in their Christianity be very unkind to people uh, who who aren't maybe living the way they need to be living. Uh, And then then, then gentleness, the idea of being gentle. Some of us, I've seen people who pride themselves. I just tell it like it is. you know, kind of puke out their words all over people uh, and feel somewhat justified or quite justified in that. Is that at the fruit of the Spirit? I don't think so. At least that's my opinion. Call me woke. <laughs> I'm not woke. I'm uh, trying to be like Jesus. Because some people, if you talk like I'm talking, uh, would say, well, that's woke thinking. Well, then you have to deal with the Scripture, friend. What's What's Paul tell us we're supposed to be like? This is the evidence that we have the Holy Spirit, uh, and evidence that we have the Holy Spirit outlined for us right here in Galatians chapter five. Uh, we're interested in the things of God. We're we're interested in in what God would have to say. We're interested in the will of God. We're interested in all of those things. That is evidence of salvation. If there is not the practice, if there's not the living out, of, if there's not the evidence of the fruit of the Spirit in one's life, ever then the question needs to be, are you really, truly, legitimately born again? If there's not an interest in the things of God and the things of Christ and the word of God and in, in, in the life of God and the ways of God in following after Christ, I think we have good ground to stand on and say, are you sure you're even born again? Are you sure that you're regenerate? Are you sure that you're truly converted? You know, don't, well, I prayed a prayer. That prayer might not have stuck, folks. That, that that prayer may may have come from a heart that was uh, perhaps momentarily convinced, but uh, more substantively um, disconnected from the act. Uh, there is evidence, and what what we read about here in Acts chapter ten is that God provided evidence among the the the, the people that Cornelius had brought together that in fact they were born of the Spirit. If they were not born of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit would not have come upon them as he did. And this provided, this particular act, and this is this is an answer to some of those, well, the Holy Spirit's poured out a different time. No, I think the Holy Spirit was poured out with such evidence in this occasion in Acts chapter 10, because the Messianic believers who were with Peter needed to see that yes, in fact, the, the gospel is also for the Gentiles. That's why the Holy Spirit fell on the Gentiles, I think, not only for their benefit as Gentiles, but also for the benefit of the Messianic believers who, were, who traveled with Peter who, or who were also assembled there so that they would understand, yes, the gospel is for all. Well, as we come out of this this morning I mean some of the questions that I have for you and I, I probably should go back and look at some of the comments here uh some of the question I would I would have for you is do you know that you have the spirit do you know that you are born again would would uh, uh, do you have an interest in the things of God at all you know because if you're not ever opening your Bible up and and, and you know church worshiping with other believers whether it's in a home or uh, uh, in a in a more public gathering of the uh, of the ecclesia, the gathering, the, the, the called out the church. Um, if you're not interested in those things, question your salvation, friends. Um. So uh, I'm going to look at some comments real fast before i I turn in the uh, before I turn it in today and then call it uh, enough uh, Priscilla. I asked the question here, uh, and you coming up. Toward the end of, you'll be up here for a few months, I think, uh, arriving uh, June 30-ish, you're saying, here, perhaps, which we're excited about that. You'll be here maybe a shorter period, but we're so glad to have you guys coming up here uh, again this summer. Um, Someone's suggesting uh, a picnic. uh, Let's see here we I have a picnic when I'm at camp like last year towards the end of July, and I can see everyone. And probably, Walter, we're, we're probably going to miss you this year because Wendy and I are going to be out west the end of July, so we may miss you. Sadly, we'll have to plan a get-together sometime when you're up in our neck of the woods, but certainly without us. Uh, the uh, you can you can certainly have a picnic and, and that would be a wonderful wonderful thing. We'll have to get somebody to organize that. Maybe maybe somebody here local in the state of Maine can organize a picnic get together or a lunch breakfast something. We had a delightful time. We went to breakfast at uh, at time down at the Hoot uh, down in uh, was it Northport and uh, really good time. Uh, Claire said, I, have been in that movement. I, I think they pressure you to speak in tongues because the word coming out of their mouth just sounds like no meaning. Yeah. Uh, and Claire says, I used to speak in tongues, but now the word of God is more important to me. And, and I mean, that, that could force an interesting question, Claire, whether you, whether you thought those were actual tongues of the spirit or tongues of a spirit, uh, or, uh, humanly generated gibberish, uh, I'm not saying that some people maybe don't literally speak in tongues, legitimately speak in tongues. I've just never experienced it. And I think that, uh, hunger for the word and clarity. And Paul talks about in first Corinthians 14, uh, the necessity of clarity. And I'd rather, he says, I'd rather speak in five intelligible words and a thousand words in a tongue. Uh, so for those that, that really want the tongue experience, um, That's what Paul says. You have to go read uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, because there are some parameters. There are some guide rails given for the use of the gifts. So anyway, all that to say, I wanted to interact some with your comments here this morning. Uh, And my prayer for you today, though, is that you would be inspired and encouraged to walk with Jesus uh, and that we would have hunger to to live life in the Spirit, uh, and that we would as well perhaps be emboldened to uh, challenge other people who say, well, I, I'm going to heaven someday because I prayed a prayer to say, are you sure you're really saved? I, I think that's something more and more of us need to need to come back with. Are you questioning my salvation? Yes, I am. Why are you questioning my salvation? Is there evidence the Spirit at work in your life? Uh, is there interest in the things of God? you want to follow Jesus? Um I think we should push on some of those things because otherwise there may be people that we think we're going to see in heaven someday that sadly we just might not see there. Anyway, Lord, help us to live life in the Spirit today. Help us to walk in the Spirit today. Help us to challenge others about where they stand with you as well. Use us for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, it's Thursday. That means we have one more day together. I'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day.